This is WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. Coming up next, Art on the Air, with your host, Rob Hessler. Welcome to Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. This is an hour-long interview program dedicated to the visual arts. Each week we interview artists, curators, art writers, and art advocates about their theory, practice, and current projects. We interview artists in studio, on location, in special field notes, as well as at special arts and cultural events around the area. On this week's episode, I've got Lisa Watson and Jessica Lee Libos in the studio to talk about the exhibition Reclaimed at Sulphur Studios. Plus, I've got a field note with Zoe Huddleston about Insides, her project currently on view at the drive through Art Box at Green Truck Pub. So let's get started. Here's your host, Rob Hessler. And this is Rob Hessler. This is Art on the Air. It's 3 o'clock here in Savannah, Georgia on WRUU 107.5 FM. Got a great show lined up for you today. As mentioned in the intro, I've got two guests here with me. I've got Lisa Watson and Jessica Lee Libos. Welcome, y'all. Hi. Thanks for having us. <laughs> so happy to have you. And we're going to be talking all about eco art, and we're going to sort of frame the conversation about the group exhibition Reclaimed, for which Lisa was the juror. Mm-hmm. So I, let's let's we're going to dive right into this because I, Lisa is very organized, <laughs> and sent me a really cool sort of characterization. So now, I'm sure all of you out there listening have an idea of like, you think of the word eco art and maybe that means something to you. So you think like, and and I thought the national call for artists that Sulphur Studios put out for the show, I thought really had a pretty good description of mm-hmm. the way that I think of what eco art is. So they said, Uh, They invited artists to submit work that utilizes materials and or imagery that are found, reclaimed, recycled, or repurposed. And it's like, from a baseline standard, I thought that that was a really good way to kind of describe eco art in general. Yes. But Lisa has broken it down into four additional categories. Of course I have. Which which I really like. And so we're going to dive, we're going to delve, we're going to delve deeply into that. But before we do that, let me give you a little bit more information about who Lisa and Jessica 
Lee Lebos are. So now Lisa Watson, of course, has been on the show before, and she does eco art. And I'm going to read this little snippet that she sent to me. The materials Watson's Watson chooses to use in her work are intrinsic to the core of her subject matter. She asserts that she cannot tell her artful stories about our remaining fragile environments and the impact of human sprawl without her everyday practice of reusing materials to prevent unnecessary waste and consumption. The artworks in While Supplies Last, her newest series, are made from reclaimed materials such as industrial wood, shredded documents, donated road signs, and security envelopes. And of course, Lisa has shown all over town, and you probably saw her exhibition Avangardia. We talked to her about mm-hmm. about that. That was over at the Jepson Center as part of the Art 912 program. And so if you've seen Lisa's work, no doubt you see that she's using reclaimed materials. Why don't you just talk a little bit about your work before I introduce Jessica here? Okay. Um, yes, I do use reclaimed materials. I've been using them for 30 years, so on my 30-year anniversary, and um 30 years ago, my sculptor, sculpture teacher told me, you can't be an environmentalist and an artist. Doesn't that sound <laughs> insane? So That's I think, almost like a challenge. It's like throwing oh, down the glove. You know, looking back, I'm just wondering if he was challenging me. Because I was very insulted at the time because I was the only one do, using reclaimed materials at college. But that's a, You know what? That's good teaching if he was. Yeah. Because 30 years. Right. Mm-hmm. If he's listening right now, he's like, I got her. Chuck Herndon, I called you out. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been using these materials for a long time in yeah. your own work, which so it makes a lot of sense that you would be the juror for this. Plus, you have a yeah. great relationship with Sulphur Studios. I do. So how did that come about? How did you sort of get brought in to do this? Or did you propose this project no, to them? No, they thought of it. And they thought of me, and I'm completely honored. And I absolutely love working with all of them. They're super professional. Really, uh, I were so lucky to have them, to be honest. But uh, also, I had um, my residency there in 2018. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that that whole project is what I'm working on now. So not only are they always including me in these projects, but it's kind of changed my life. So thank you, Jennifer, AJ, and Emily. Yeah, they helped you grow as an artist. I mean, yeah. like, what more could you ask for for an art sort of, I don't know if you call them an institution, but they're a big part of the Savannah art scene. Mm-hmm. So yeah, shout out to Sulphur. They're, you know, we feature them so much on here. In fact, one of the things that they curate and keep going is the drive through Art Box, and we're going to have a field note at the end of this episode with Zoe Huddleston, who is the current, who currently has her work insides at the drive-through art box. So we'll hear from something related to sulfur at the end of this, of this show. But let's now kind of introduce Jessica Lee Lebos. And I stole Jessica's intro here from her LinkedIn, which, you know, is funny because like LinkedIn is, uh, it was the top search. I mean, good job on LinkedIn because I did a search for you, Google. It was the top thing. So I was like, oh. And I read like there was two sentences and I was like, she wrote this herself and it's funny. So I'm going to use it. <laughs> Levos is a writer and speaker, a Jane of all trades when it comes to tailoring narrative and strategizing content. She's published feature articles on everything from luxury travel to social justice, held staff positions in digital and print publishing spheres, and can craft SEO content so engaging even the algorithm is entertained. <laughs> She's also a professional schmoozer 
with regular forays into community involvement, public relations, and event engagement. Mm -hmm. She is one of the artists featured in Reclaimed, and in fact, this is her first ever art show. Now, before we talk about that, because that's really interesting to me, most of you out there listening probably know Jessica from her long-running column in Connect Savannah and your book. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Like, give, bring people up to date on that. So everybody who maybe is not remembering you will be Sure, reminded. sure. Well, it, it, I am honored that people would remember me. I'm happy to still be here. I have a book called Savannah Sideways, which is um, a compilation, a curated compilation of columns that I wrote um, during my seven-year stretch as the columnist at Connect Savannah. I wrote the Civil Society column and all kinds of topics um, covering Savannah. And of course, art was one of them, mm -hmm. particularly public art. Um, I've always been really interested in art that's accessible to people because I always um, feel very nervous talking about art and like, what is it? And am I supposed to like this? And do I know enough to even contribute to the conversation? And so speaking to that, I really uh, enjoy Sulphur Studios because I feel like it's such an accessible place to be able to go in and talk to talk about art and talk to artists and see them working. And I, I really enjoy that. Um, so let's talk about that because you've been writing about other art, other people's artists, artwork and artists and projects and stuff like that. But now you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to a certain extent to be judged, but also just to, you know, just put out there what you've been doing. And you've created a piece using recycled Mardi Gras beads. So talk a little bit about your work and also sure, having well, your, for being in your first show. Well, absolutely. So, I mean, Lisa just told me that I, I was the first person to write about her work. And that's a, a huge honor. I didn't know that. And I've always... Um, admired, I, I always loved the idea of reclaiming materials because it's something that I always did as a hobby. For a long time, I drove a very ugly beige minivan that I spruced up and made cool by gluing plastic things that my children left on the floor um, to the <laughs> dashboard. And I called it the Absurdivan. And I, you know, I expected this hunk of junk to maybe run for a couple of years because I bought it, just picked it up for a few thousand dollars. Um, and it ended up running for 12 years. And by that point, it had covered the entire dashboard and was going up the doors of the car. And it was all kinds of little things that you are gonna find out that people give you. And birthday, yeah, birthday parties and, and happy meals and all of those kinds of things. And people would give them to me. So I called that the absurd van. And I really just would, it would be kind of my meditation. I like to play with glue and just kind of glue things. And I would create <laughs> little scenes with things that I would find. And um, well, I, you know what? Before you go any further, I almost feel like that's an art piece, which you were just describing uh, to me. Well, it and became, to, throw it, to get rid of it, it feels like it's a loss. Like well, I was feeling it was, sad. We actually had um, a deconstruction, which I detail actually in one of the latter chapters of Savannah Sideways that we had um, as part of the first Friday Art March. Uh, Clinton Edminster helped me sort of plan out the deconstruction of the Absurdivan. And so um, we <laughs> sold we sold raffle tickets and with each raffle ticket came pulling off the piece of your choice off of the dashboard and some wonderful local businesses donated services and we raised money for um, the old Savannah mission and for um, Art March Savannah and all of so that it was it, it, to me like the, the okay whole so that's an art piece came, yeah. a performance art piece 
public art. I mean, you've been an artist before. And in fact, you've shown a piece of artwork. But let's say this is your second show then. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> and, you know, I I've always feel very reluctant to call myself an artist because I feel there's a, a, a degree of technical prowess and um, forethought. And I think like intuitively, yes, okay, I'm a four-year-old and I like, well, I have no problem slapping things together and following a vision and all of those things. But I think that, you know, there are so many people in this town who have perfected their craft and really elevate things. So I'm really honored to be just even included in this show. And the way that the Mardi Gras beads stuff came around is that I was uh, canvassing for Stacey Abrams around the Starland District and I found a discarded piece of uh, furniture. I guess it was a bathroom vanity missing its mirror and I was like, ooh, that would be cool. And I took it home and I kind of um, painted it and glued it back together and I'm like, well, now what am I going to do with it? And we have these buckets of Mardi Gras beads in our garage because when we first moved here, we lived on Tybee where there is a parade mm -hmm. every five minutes. And so we amass this huge collection of beads. And I was always very nervous about, oh, my gosh, like they're going to slide into the sewers and they're going to go into the ocean. And I, I think about those things all the time, which, again, when I wrote about Lisa and I learned about what she feels the same way about just the how materials affect the environment. And in fact, Suzanne Jackson talked about that in her show too. I think there's mm -hmm. like that. So to me, like artists who are thinking about that is really um, interesting because it, it informs the work and it also it is the work. So, but anyway, so I ha we had a lot of Mardi Gras beads and I made a, I made a something for my living room out of the beads. And I was like, this is so much fun because I, at this point had gotten rid of the car. The car died, the sort of van died and I had to, you know, I had to move on from it. But um, going back to this process was really fun. Sitting, my, just being in my garage and sort of methodically laying down with the glue gun and burning my fingers and <laughs> doing all that stuff. So um, this piece, I had a, a, a lot of red and green, and I was like, I, I'm very much attached to the uh, image of the Virgin de Guadalupe, and that's what this, it's a sort of riff on that. And we will share that on the Art on the Air Facebook page, and I'll try to link it also to the Do Savannah article that I'll, I'll write about this, but I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm listening to you talk. Well, first of all, let me just say, for those of you just joining us, you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I am your host, Rob Hessler, and my in-studio guests this week are Lisa Watson and Jessica Lee Libos. We're talking about eco-art and specifically the reclaimed group exhibition over at Sulphur Studios. You're describing the situation of walking around, doing canvassing, picking up some random crap, saving it, making it into some sort of piece you put in your house. I mean, isn't that like every artist that you know? My studio is full of <laughs> random crap that I'm going to yeah. use later for art. Like that is like you're the definition of an artist. So I'm glad to have you in this show. So we've kind of got the introductions now. And we've got these four categories that Lisa has put together to, to define what eco-art is, not really define it, but just sort of more easily categorize it. Because I think that using recycled or, or reusing materials is such a broad umbrella mm -hmm. that I think it's really nice to have these categories. So right. let's go through what you've, what you've sent over to me. And okay. you've got category one as bits and pieces. So describe what that means. Bits and Pieces is reclaiming the smallest waste materials that can sometimes be recycled, like paper, 
but other items often get swept away into the oceans and landscape, like plastic beads, um, paper, fabric. And um, I, a few artists are a little bit on the smaller side, the more subtle side of what you think is recycling. So um, our Savannah artist, XL Kiefer, she... She uses recycled images from books and cards and, you know, whether or not those would end up in the landfill, we don't know. But that but that is a way of reusing things that might have been discarded. I think she goes to thrift stores a lot and Mm -hmm. um, And collects up old books and such like that. And I and of course, all of our listeners probably know Excel Kiefer, 2019 Bobby Perry Award winner for her two person Mm -hmm. exhibition Mm -hmm. uh, with Jordan Fitch Mooney. Um, yeah, then I thought that was kind Power of interesting. Couple. But you've got like in compare, you've also got a jewelry maker, for yeah. example, Liz Janot, which yeah. I, who we've had on the radio show before too. And I, yes. I thought that was kind of an interesting contrast because when I think of Excel's work, I think of it as like very fine art gallery work. And then mm-hmm. what Liz is doing is jewelry making, and it's meant to be wearable. And those are like two sides; they fit in the same category, but they're also very different. Right, and she takes more natural objects that would maybe just deteriorate into nature which is okay but she she takes you know a lot of dragonfly wings and but she'll also add little bits of found paper and stamps Mm -hmm. from what i've seen um we did pick the piece that she used natural materials for the for the um neck necklace itself not just the charm well and you know what's and and i'll just say going further is that i i know liz and i actually have bought some jewelry from her and one of the things that she's done too is that when she's like sold vintage pieces she's used like old photograph cards Mm -hmm. as the you know the card on which like the necklace is hung and like giving it to the so that like she is reusing sort of packaging it's not even just about even just the piece which is you know, something that's being passed in, but also the way that it's presented and given, it's not like, oh, well, here's just this brand new box that's been newly manufactured. It's like, here's something that is being reused. And actually, it's really cool. Like, it makes it even more interesting because, like, how many hands has it passed through? And, you know, it's kind of gotten that wear. And it just makes it, I don't know, it just gives it more personality. Yeah, definitely. I She's a very holistic person in general, too. And we've shared a bunch of the images, by the way, on the Art on the Air Facebook page. I didn't share one of – I actually, I did share one of Excel's pieces mm-hmm. that's up on there because I know pe- most people will kind of recognize that. And I should mention here, too, lest you think that there's been some sort of favoritism shown here to our guest, Jessica Lee Libos. No, there was no favoritism. This was jurored completely blind. Yes. So you did not know who did these works beforehand. Which was amazing. Okay, I did – recognize a few local artists you can't not recognize excel's work for example right and but it fit because we had um people throughout the u.s there was clothing but that didn't quite fit the show Mm -hmm. um but i was so excited when i saw the list after because i didn't know um kate green Mm-hmm. is Who's a friend of mine yeah. and I didn't even know she <laughs> submitted so that was super exciting um, yeah she's in that I think she's in this category too she is yeah yep, she's yep. in it she has the two cats and three cats there mm-hmm. and I posted up one of those images up on the art on their Facebook page the 
puzzle pieces collaged into drawings. So like there'll be like the eye yeah. from the puzzle piece on the drawing of the cat, like so which cool. is they're really cool. like. And I I was I kind of like was flipping through all the images, and then I looked at it, and I like kind of looked away, and I was like did a little bit of a double take because it's sort of there's something a little disorienting about mm-hmm. like how that's put together. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Yep. Becca Sipper's in that group mm-hmm. as well. Um, Sarah Locke Test. I don't actually know that. So she's, she's from, from Texas. She's from Texas. Yep. She has this beautiful brooch that we, it's so small, but we put it on a pedestal because you, if you go check out both sides of it, it's beautiful. And I should mention here, too, and I didn't mention this in the intro, you received 150 entries from 52 artists and you chose 42. So, like, that's less, that's about 30%, less than 30% of the pieces were chosen. So that must have been pretty hard. It was really hard. And there were definitely three pieces when I initially went through. I was like, yep, without a doubt. But, um, you know, I will tell all artists out there, if they ask for an artist statement, write it do it because some of those pieces i was not going to have in the show until i read their artist statement Mm. so how does it feel to crush people's dreams um (laughs) mine have been crushed numerous times so it's payback time (laughs) all right well let's go to the second category here okay second look observers yes so now this this is a there's a couple people in here that I recognize their names, um, you know, that I know, like Kevin Clancy, Cynthia Knott, Rachel Green. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. What does that mean? So these are everyday household items that are unoverlooked or underappreciated for its craftsmanship. And um, like, you know, I wait till you see Rachel Green's Dirt Devil Venus. Um, I would have never thought of doing this. And this is quite incredible. But. There are two out-of-town artists on this list, and they used photography to really magnify things. We don't think about wear and tear or the patterns, Mm. and one of them are detailed of a mattress. You know the mattress from the 80s that have flower prints? Mm -hmm. And really zoomed in, and it just gives you a second look of, you know, these, these are things... People really don't want to reuse mattresses, right? Yeah. So this and they might, have a shelf life too. Anyway, they do have so a like, shelf life. So I'm not sure what happens to mattresses after <laughs> after the 20 years. But um, and the other one is a record album um, from a Chicago artist named Roger Boulay. I hope I said his name, and they're beautiful. Just I can't wait for everybody to see them. Have you seen these pieces, Jessica? Have you had a chance to sort of engage with these at all? No, not yet. The show's not open. But so I'm you're, to the, the, yeah. there's a juror talk on Saturday. Yes, there that is. That I will be at. That's this Saturday? Yes. The juror talk First is two happening. o'clock. 2 p.m. 2 p.m. That's at Sulphur Studios, 2301 mm-hmm. Bull Street. You said 2 p.m. Yep. And I guess uh, that's going to be a talk with Lisa Watson. So you're getting a little bit of a, a sampling here of... Uh, preview here mm-hmm. i wanted to mention the um, peter shite piece he's from arkansas the yeah. repaired oak chair yeah which we did post up in uh on the art in the air facebook yes. page i love that piece it's, it's so simply yeah. accented but i was like i was kind of mad actually because i was like man this guy made a beautiful piece just by painting a few little piece parts of this in a different color but it was so i thought it was so brilliant so it's such a brilliant use of like yeah. reuse and it, it i think it's a repaired chair so the repaired parts are a blue color. Mm. So it's like, I, I compared it to, and I hope I say this right, 
kintsuki, you know, where in ceramics where Japanese mm, take the gold. The gold, yeah. And I, oh gosh, that chair. I was like, how do we make that chair work? But it looks really good. Is it the <laughs> actual chair that's in the exhibition? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was wondering if it was just going to be a photograph, but that is so cool. The it, actual chair will be Yeah, here. and he's an instructor at a college. And um, so the address was from the college. I think they funded the shipping because I was like, how is he yeah, going to ship this? It's, I mean, it's a chair, mm-hmm. but it's also like an interesting chair in and of itself too so like but it's just made more interesting by the fact that it's got some repair yeah i mean kind of like your cabinet you know you just like grab something and you like that was art you know he's putting it in an art show so it's considered art Mm -hmm. i mean that's really how we sort of define it yeah very cool yeah i didn't know you found that on the street by the way I didn't know you found that. I mean, well, the, the actually the piece that is in the show, I f- it was I found uh, it's an um, like a cork board that I found in an alley somewhere. Like it really usually <laughs> starts with something I find on the street. <laughs> That's a perfect artist yeah. technique, right there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's look at the next uh, the next category that you put together: mm-hmm. groundskeepers. I, by mm-hmm. the way, I love these titles that you've Thank made. Like they well, evoke yeah. an idea. Thank you. I. Well, I took that one from the Appalachian Trail people. That oh yeah yeah yeah. So they they carry out more than they carry in. Um, so they pick up trash along the trail, and I want to do that someday. But um, there, uh, Jessica is in that category mm-hmm. along with one of my favorite artists in town, who is super busy. With Pulse this evening, which opens. Harry DeLorme. Harry DeLorme. Yeah, I love um, Harry. And I, Rachel I, Green's husband, actually. They're yes. like an art pair, and they both have pieces in the show. I he he walks a talk because um he we were at we were both in a show together at Ships of the Sea, mm-hmm. and that's where I first saw his pieces. And he'll go along the waterways and pick up plastic after plastic. So everything you see is all recovered plastic before it goes into the waterways so and and i want to mention harry's piece i I did post up one of them Uh, i think you might have tagged his or put his name up you went back in after and added those names and i did appreciate that i put that up on the art in their facebook page but there are three pieces Mm -hmm. and they're magnificent Mm -hmm. those three pieces are they're exquisite they're so beautiful they're exquisite and it's trash i mean like it's literally as you know some of these are more refined than others the pieces that make them up are more refined than others but his are literally small pieces of colored plastic put together to create such beautiful imagery yeah and i shared one that i really like because he used really big chunky pieces in it that Mm -hmm. to make it Mm -hmm. but there's another one where he uses smaller pieces and creates sort of a a sunset yeah um yeah plastic river sunset and it is it's staggering they they really I think with the whole show, we have two of the brighter ones on one wall, and I think it really anchored all the pieces. I mean, they're really strong. Um, I'm, I'm just he he really is an amazing guy. Sorry, Harry, but I but he once said, and I told Jessica this earlier that he he's like, if you see a piece of trash on the road, why wouldn't you pick it up? And I started crying. Because I was like, oh, my gosh, he's really passionate about this. Well, and so you're in this category, too, Jessica. And I think that that's really important. It's like this is it is making art, but it's also like, you know, even beyond the art, it just makes the world a better place mm-hmm. just well, by doing it. I think so. I mean, Lisa is like that, too. Lisa makes me cry because she is so committed to the 
aesthetic and the um, purpose behind the art. And because I think that in you know, I'm a, I'm a trash picker too. My husband's constantly mm-hmm. like, why are you, because like, I run with my dogs and I'm like, I come back with my pockets filled and I'm like, you know, or I'll just, it's nothing. Like, that's how I feel is like, why wouldn't you pick it up? If there's a plastic bottle sitting there, why wouldn't you, and there's a recycling container five feet away. I, I mean, I do it all the time. And because I feel so overwhelmed emotionally by the amount of trash in the world. I mean, I really, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's funny. Like I, when mm-hmm. I see footage of these those massive landfills in I New Jersey, and you and you realize that there are people who have to live next to that, and every piece of plastic that we use will stick around forever and ever and ever. And I um, know some younger families right now. I'm not going to say by name. I don't want to embarrass them, but who I know are making like really concerted efforts to reduce their use of plastic in their homes, which I just think is amazing. And I, you know, I'm working on it. And but you know, the inevitability of life, it is what it is. I mean, you know, I'm a little lazy. Also, I mean, you can only do so much. But you know, buying your things in bulk, reusing things, and so like making art out of it is symbolic at best, right? I mean, is it really making the world a better place? I don't know. But if it is creating awareness that. Mm-hmm. You know, we must use less. We must. We have to. We have to teach our children to use less. We cannot take for granted. And particularly plastic is like my yeah. thing because I just just drives me nuts. Yeah. And my biggest solace in the world is that they're apparently a type of fungus, like a type of mushroom that I guess when unleashed in, on plastic will eat it and decompose yeah. it quickly. And that Let's just sounds like, whoosh. all right, well, maybe something, maybe something will eat this stuff. <laughs> Mm. I, I did bring you both presents. And it's, Wait okay. a second. Oh, we're gonna we're at the mid show break point. So what we're gonna do it. is we're gonna come back on the okay. other side of this break, and we're gonna get presents. That's I'm what I'm talking God. about. Mm-hmm. For those totally of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. Again, my guests this week are Lisa Watson and Jessica Lee Libos. We're talking about eco art and specifically the reclaimed exhibition. Over at Sulphur Studios, we're going to take a break for a couple of quick messages. And when we return, we get presents. Art on the Air is brought to you by Starlandia Supply. Located in the heart of the Starland District of Savannah at 2438 Bull Street. Starlandia Supply works to make art making more accessible to everyone by lowering the price of supplies through reclamation and trading. Starlandia helps customers recycle gently used art supplies and materials and also carries a fine selection of new materials including Windsor Newton, Liquitex, Faber-Castle, Montana spray paints, and Copics. Moreover, Starlandia Supply is the only locally owned art store in Savannah. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday from noon to 6 p.m. More information can be found on Facebook by searching Starlandia Supply or at StarlandiaSupply.com. Shop local. Shop Starlandia Supply. WRUU 107.5 FM is a new and different listener-supported and all-volunteer community radio station for Savannah. Our diverse broadcast and web programming is supported by generous listeners who value our passion and spunk. We are independent of other media and receive no government or large corporate support. 
People like you are the largest and most important source of our funding. Go to wruu.org to find out how you can make a one-time or monthly contribution. Thank you. Welcome back to Art on the Air here in the studio here. I'm Rob Hustler, your host, and we are talking this week with Lisa Watson and Jessica Lee Lebos talking about Eco Art and the Reclaimed ex- Exhibition. I want to give you all a heads up really quick on what we've got coming up in the next few weeks because I've got some really great guests lined up. Next week, I've got Inky Brittany in the studio. Yeah. And so if you don't know who she is, you're going to find out. I think you're really going to enjoy. She's a, she's an activist and an artist, and she does some really amazing things. I was blown away by this piece that she did about the new city council, and I'm so glad that I'm going to have her on next week. Plus, I got a field note with Lisa Rosenmeyer from her new city market gallery. On February 11th, I've got H. Jean Thompson from Pittsburgh, the current on-view artist-in-residency over at Sulphur Studios, coming in to talk about the Rainbow Connection Project. Plus, I'm going to have a field note from Kelly Bamer to talk about her show opening at the Cedar House Gallery for First Friday. On February 12th, I've got, I'll be airing my sit-down interview with Amy Pleasant from Laney Contemporary. And on February 19th, guys, I'm so excited to let you all know that I'm going to have Erin Westling from W Projects in the studio. And she's actually, you mentioned Pulse. She's involved Mm -hmm. in Pulse, and um, she's doing a special lecture, which I'll I'll mention again during our community calendar at the end. But I was really impressed with what Erin had to say as part of Christopher Monroe's public art panel series mm-hmm. and the third panel I thought she had some really great things to say and I'm really excited to bring her in the studio and get to talk to her for an hour she's um, pretty great uh, she's like she's, she's amazing yeah she's, she's amazing she's been very mm-hmm. instrumental in all in the the public art projects around town and again she would never call herself an artist but she creates spaces and create and she does a lot of the due diligence and the the wonky policy stuff and she's a she's a genius yeah so she did did, uh helped organize well a town get down she does every year she helped organize um a lot of the the lori judge building pieces that Mm -hmm. you've probably seen um obviously she's working on polls she's doesn't she's doing a lot and i think that she's also a big advocate and has helped a lot of things change in this city for the better for public art. So uh, looking forward to that. That's going to be on again, the February the 19th episode, but let's get back to this, this show because before we went to the break, presents okay lisa brought us presents <laughs> i think the lead up now is like uh, it's the way it's but, built up um there's one thing i really hate and it's one use drinking straws and some people say oh lisa that's the first world problem and i go i oh, know mm-hmm. no no landfill carbon emissions it's not a it's not a first world problem so you guys are getting you get to choose a color. These are <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Okay, I just want to say that these are the coolest. There are three reusable straws. I'm they have a sort of a you. bend at the top of them. Well, they, they're that's, metal. You want they're metal straws. And one a, of the things. Oh, my gosh. I and have, one for my wife, too. Yeah, I have um, some, a bunch of fake teeth in my mouth. And metal straws are really difficult for me. But I've, I've oh, switched. I've, so th- this has a silicone. Um, end to it that's totally solved that problem yeah. this is fantastic you thank you so th- much th- you just got to carry it with you yeah. because going straight in my fanny pack well i mean i always turn down straws now i mean yeah. it's like that's one of the things like is it really no. back in the old days we just used to just drink from the cup right i don't really get like <laughs> yeah. what i mean it's not like it's no 
So, it's but anyway, ridiculous. this is awesome. Thank okay, you, Lisa. That's very good. Awesome. Thank you're welcome. Um, and that's I, yeah. I and just, I just other thought... artists who'd like to be on Art on the Air, I do accept gifts. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, really, I I decided to stop giving people the stink eye when they're doing one-use plastic bags. Now I'm just handing them a bag. Well, here's a here's a use for one-use plastic bags, and then we'll move on to talking okay. more about reclaimed. Okay. And that's that if you get the one-use plastic bags, you can set up a little thing on the corner by your house for dog poop bags, mm-hmm. and you just set it up in there, and so that way that at least they're getting used because they're going to yeah. use the dog poop bags right. anyway. So that's actually what we use yeah. the plastic bags for that's because otherwise people will not pick up their dog poop in our yard. Ugh. Okay. So moving on. All right. <laughs> so we're talking about the reclaimed exhibition yes. over at Sulphur Studios. Lisa Watson was the juror, and Jessica Lee Libos is one of the artists that's featured. We're up to the fourth category of sort of <laughs> eco art that Lisa has put together, upcycling salvagers. What's yeah, that mean? Yeah, so these are people that you're going to find at the landfill or at the dump. Or um, I got to tell you, this was one of the first ones I chose was Russell Keeker um, because – I myself use sanding disc all the time, and I use it a million oh, times. I thought they were records, but I, I now know. I know what. Okay, now it I see it. Gorgeous, and he he collected them and made a quilt, oh, and it's so it's amazing because I I mean my this is one thing I have I throw away and I feel guilty, and now he said he's going to make more, so I get to give him my sanding disc. <laughs> Hey, uh-huh. I mean, that's the best. That's a great way. Mm-hmm. And so there is where well, you say that maybe uh, this art piece can't help save the world, but literally some trash has now ta- been, been taken out of it and been diverted. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. that's kind of like something that can happen with these. Yeah. Now, I like I mean, there's a, a lot of artists that people in Savannah have very likely heard of. Beanie yeah. Van Dyke, Leslie Lovell, one of our favorites, uh, Matt Tool, a mm-hmm. another 2019 Bobby Perry Award winner for yeah. his exhibition. Um and then you got a couple more, uh, Samantha Connors from Philadelphia, Amanda yeah. Bulger from Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is, these are really great. So now you've yeah. put together this exhibition, you've cured, you've helped to juror this exhibition and what is it? 42 artworks. Right. What are you hoping that will, do, do you have any sort of wishes, goals, desires as far as what the results of this kind of a show like this might be? Uh, well, I, last year in January, I spoke at Armstrong, Georgia Southern campus. I had a show there. And after the show, two of the students came up and said, I am going to rethink what I use in my artwork. And that, I mean, I, oh, there, I, I cried again in front of college kids. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, so that's what I'm hoping because, you know, I, I get it. Photographers use frames, but there are companies that use sustainable wood. And I hope they do. You just got to do a little more research Mm -hmm. and just and it's not that much more money. You can order them. That's what um, Emily did for me when I had to frame something, which I haven't done in 30 years. And uh, so. uh, Well, plus reusing frames. I mean, I gotta tell you something. I haven't bought a frame in a long time. I mean, I just like. I mean, I wish every piece I made sold, but being real, <laughs> it, I mean, I'm just kind of shifting around those frames. And yeah. you actually gave me some yeah. frames recently, yeah. and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, what piece, what what art am I going to make to fit in those mm-hmm. frames, mm-hmm. the size? And I mean, I think that that is a way to think of it, too. Right. Yeah. 
whatever if you see an artist is using something you know reach out to them and um and you know people give me security envelopes all the time <laughs> i do know that actually yeah, Lisa, yeah i don't you... i don't need any more mardi gar beads right now thanks guys okay well that's really cool and i think that this is a great exhibition so let's get all the details out to everybody because okay. i know that the closing reception is happening as part of first friday yes but you met let's mention again here that there is a juror talk this saturday over at sulfur studios at 2 p.m that's yes. at 2301 bull street this Saturday is the 25th. Is that right? Yep. Am I getting the date right? 25th. Saturday, January 25th at 2 p.m. at 2301 Bull Street. And um, so do you have a specific thing in mind that you're going to talk about at that at that chat? A little bit about the same thing, but that I want to go more in the detail of, of each piece and um, especially the ones that did write an artist statement um, that kind of triggered something I never even thought about. So I... Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll get we'll get into that a little more. Well, and that's great, too. I mean, like even you're mentioning, you know, like you're learning from it, like, you know, and you're somebody like you mentioned 30 years you've been sort of working in this genre in eco Mm -hmm. art. And Mm -hmm. yet there are people sending in this new work that are that are that are teaching you something. And I think that there is there are new things to be learned as time goes on because Mm -hmm. our environmental situation changes and there's new information that we need to that we need to know. So. Right. Yeah. I hope I hope everybody likes it. I think they will. Well, if you if you uh, aren't able to get out there on Saturday, again, it's going to be part of First Friday in Starland, and that's going to be on February seventh. So they'll be from six to nine p.m. I, I'm sure there's going to be like a street fair as always, and uh, and it'll be a big a big good time. So you can go and check out the show there. We're going to move into our final segment here now. This is going to be a lot of fun, and I think I'm about to ambush Jessica Lee Lebos here because huh? she doesn't know what's coming up, Uh-oh. but she's about to find out. And now it's time for Three Big Questions with your host, Rob Hessler. And that's right. We're going to do three big questions <laughs> with Jessica Lee Lebos. Yeah, she had no idea we were going to do this. Mm-hmm. She's a little redder than she was before I played that <laughs> intro. <laughs> <laughs> so I I did throw this out to Lisa before we before, so she knew that this was mm-hmm. happening. So if, if you didn't know, your friend let you down. But I asked her to to come up with one question. But I'm I've got two questions I'm going to ask out of the three beforehand, and we'll let Lisa finish it. We'll let Lisa bring it home. So my oh, first question is, if you could interview any person, alive or dead, who would you interview and why? Oh my God, that's a huge question. It's three mm. big questions, it's not like very three big... minor middle of the road no, questions. No, that's a very big question. And I mean, there's a lot. I right? wish I had that's a kalimba. A, a what? A kalimba. A kalimba. David a... used to play the kalimba whenever people were thinking. Well, you know, again, uh, two days ago was MLK Day. And to be not to be trite, but it would be really wonderful to sit down with that man right now. And oh, hell to yeah. find out what he has to say about where we are and um, and talk about the plans that he had and, and, and learn a little more that we can apply to, to the world the way that it is today. So I guess that's kind of been on my mind the last few days. That's the first thing that jumps to mind. Otherwise, we might be, he'd be here for hours. Well, that's a great answer. <laughs> I wonder, though, like, is there anybody that stands? I mean, you've interviewed. I mean, I'm, I'm just a hack. You've interviewed like people for real um, for a long time. Is there any any people that have kind of like stood out to you like, wow, that was such a great interview or really maybe influenced you at all? 
I know okay, I'm really well, putting so, you on the spot. It's you not know fair. what? No, I mean I, I interviewed Al Gore for the book festival oh one year. Oh my gosh! Um, and he was it was over the phone, and he he I almost died. I mean he's, he's very smooth, and he was he said my name like every few minutes. I'd be like, oh, you know. Um, <laughs> Did you like record it so you could use it as like an answering you machine? You know what? It's somewhere. It's somewhere. <laughs> um, Rosemary Wells, the children's book author, mm-hmm. was that was a dream because I grew up on her books, and she was so fantastic and candid and amazing. Um, who else? Like, well, so know. the reason why I'm asking you this is it's totally baited. It's like, you know, we would love for you to come back and write some more here in Savannah. Oh, you're super kind. Thank you. Well, I, mm-hmm. I freelance a lot. I've been doing a lot of things, um, working on, um, hopefully some bigger projects. I, I would love to, I do, I do miss being, I was telling Lisa, uh, we walked over here from the, the bean and there's been so many wonderful changes and things happening in Savannah that I, I, I miss out on that I, I miss being able to talk and have a reason to show up for. But I'm a little older now. That's a fast, that's a young person's job, you know? So, <laughs> but thank you. You're very kind. All right. So here, I've got a second question here for you. This is a little bit more tongue in cheek, but I am really curious. It's something that has been on my mind for, for quite some time. Why does your husband Mark get into so many arguments on Facebook? <laughs> Mark, are you listening to this right now? He's like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. I'm just, just discussing. I mean, my husband, he is... Um, He's hilarious, by the he way. He is hilarious and a very good writer and fearless. And he is uh, really committed to... Um, to justice in the world he's a little clumsy sometimes i think and he i think he really enjoys the fight you know so oh, you can tell. i'm not inter- i'm never going to disagree with him i'm not interested in fighting with him so that's so he you know he has to get it he has to get it outside the house it's okay as long as he doesn't bring it home uh, but i actually get that question kind of a lot that's so funny <laughs> all right so our third and final question lisa what you got all right i seriously just thought of this because okay. we were talking the whole time if you were a mermaid oh <sighs> Which marine animals do you think you would be hanging out with? Okay, I can totally answer this. This is a great I, Thank question. you so much. Okay. First of all, seahorses <gasps> I think are Duh. the most exquisite <laughs> and fascinating. So I would be they like they would be my girl squad because like I would they they would look really good. Um, and then I would definitely be having like late dinners and drinks with octopi because mm. they are so intelligent. Pretty handsy and, though. So, a little handsy. I'd have to watch it. I'd be like, "Me too, octopus. Get off. You know, watch that one. Watch those tentacles." But um, yeah, so I, I think octopus and seahorses mm. would be. And then I'm, you know, oh, whales are super majestic oh, and incredible. Yes. And um, I had we recently took a cruise, and I I got a little. Uh, I got to play with a stingray, which was oh, kind of nice. cool. I know we have a lot of stingrays out here. This one seemed a little friendlier. So. Yeah. Like the Caribbean stringers are are a little more playful. Yeah, very so. cool. Well, look, that's the end of our three big questions. <laughs> Thank you. And that's the end of our interview. I got to do a, a couple of. Um, I want to get to the community calendar, but before I do that, I just want to say thank you, Lisa Watson, for being on the yeah. show today. Thank you. For thank you, Jessica everything. Lee Libos, for coming on today. And again, Such the exhibition honor. reclaimed. There is a jurors talk this Saturday, the twenty fifth at two p.m. at Sulphur Studios. And Lisa's going to be talking there. That's at 2301 Bull Street. And then there'll be a closing reception during first Friday in February. That's February 7th. So you get a chance to check it out. A lot of great work there by a lot of artists that have been on this show. So it's a good opportunity to to see them all in one place. Well, let's get to this community calendar. I invite you all to, to chime in. After okay. we do the community calendar, we're going to hear from Zoe Huddleston, who is the current artist's that is on view in the art 
box, the drive-through art box over at Green Truck Pub. So we're going to finish the show with that. Now you've been you've been in that before. Well, so right? no, I wanted to say before it was officially like the the art box. Um, I want to just give a shout out to the Savannah Yarn Bomb Squad because a few many a few years ago, I guess it's been four or five years, we took that space and we yarn bombed it um, as a as a public art project just for fun. I remember going out there with um, Catherine Sando and Matt Havermel and a bunch of other people and putting together. Um, squares and kind of we co- well we covered the bike racks we covered the it was Wait, a former I drive actually through. remember this now yeah. that I'm thinking about it mm-hmm. so that was a lot of fun I'm so excited that that space is still being used for art and yeah. it, it's amazing it makes me so happy that public art has become part of the consciousness here that it's it's in, in a way that I, I, it's super exciting yeah. well the more I learn about uh, Matt Hebermill and Dr. Z and what they did to short, sort of help public art here in Savannah the more I appreciate how much easier it is for us now and we're just hopefully able to kind of continue what they started here a few years ago so i i suggest to all of you out there listening if you don't know who those people are take a look give them their their due respect because they've helped us a lot um to get more public art and hopefully we can continue that here in savannah now i want to mention a couple of other before we get to that interview with zoe huddleston i've just got a few minutes here so i want to mention um, the Movement Workshops with artist in residence H. Gene Thompson, who's going to be my guest here on the show in two weeks, is tonight, actually, and every Wednesday leading up until first Friday. That's at Sulphur Studios. That's from 5 to 7 p.m., 2301 Bull Street. So you can go over there and check that out. I think that's going to be really interesting. We're going to finish up the show with Zoe Huddleston. Again, her art box project is called Insides. I think you're really going to enjoy this. And I'll mention again next week, Inky Brittany. Rob Hester here, Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm with Zoe Huddleston. We are at the drive-thru art box. Her piece is called Insides. First of all, just tell us what we're looking at here. Uh, Okay, so I wanted to fill the art box with basically it's one large stretch piece of felt that is then needle felted and wet felted on top of and also crocheted on top of with found objects so it's all one piece and they all are sort of brain gut-esque anatomical forms they're not to scale at all i have uh, some cells in here that are much larger than they should be and it's really just a a sort of abstracted uh, idea of what an inside of a person would be the insides of what somebody would look like well there's like toys and a georgia power tag so like is the person you're envisioning here like swallowing a lot of stuff not necessarily it's it's much more i think metaphorical uh it it speaks to sort of the personality uh as well as the anatomical structures so this if this were my insides which is what i've kind of based it on uh these are all found objects that i've collected over the years without any sort of idea of putting it in a piece even i just like the way they looked so uh, we've got some Barbie pieces, and uh, th- that's a luchador that I painted white for some reason. I was going to put it in another project, but yeah, so they're just things from my life that I, I thought needed to be included in my, my representation of my insides, basically. <laughs> so some of our listeners might have read John Singer's article uh, in Do Savannah about your work, and you, I, I want to bring that up again because you mentioned that there's um you mentioned barbie and in his article you kind of talked about how you're using a sort of just maybe to some people might be disturbing imagery but you're using barbie color so Mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about that because 
you know, we're talking about insights, but this is like really of kind of almost a beautiful, vibrant, abstract art piece in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely gotten like coral reef and, and other oh, sort yeah. of, so it, it can be abstracted. It's not a textbook anatomical drawing, you know, but uh, the color, the arbitrary color, especially the bright fluorescent pinks and blues and purples are not only a, a kind of nod to my personality and the colors that I, I find myself gravitating towards, but also I wanted to create this uh, contradiction uh, that, that people feel within themselves when they look at it because a lot of people with these anatomical forms would of course be grossed out uh, and think them to be sort of gory and grotesque uh, and so I wanted to also have the felt and the color represent a, a, a sense of comfort um, and of appeal sort of almost advertising appeal uh, mm. in a way <laughs> with all those bright colors uh, to sort of I don't know create this this contradiction in, within people that they might even have trouble with themselves. Like I personally love horror, horror stories and horror movies. And um, I found that I have a really, sometimes a hard time talking to other people who don't love them because I talk about the gore aspects of them as if they're beautiful art. You know, I talk about them as if they're gorgeously. Gorgeously? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I talk about them as if they are these beautifully painted pictures, basically. And so I wanted to sort of, I guess, force that upon people, make them see gore as beautiful as well. <laughs> well, okay, so I want to talk a little bit about your process here because um, we have, over the past couple of years on the on the radio show, we've been exploring what the nature of fiber arts really means. Yeah. And I know you're doing fiber arts and you're doing stop motion animation mm -hmm. as well in your studies in college and I'm noticing here within this piece, there are, you're using a lot of different techniques. So it, we're, we're talking about as if it's one piece, but you've got, you've got cro crochet, you've got some beadwork in here. Talk a little bit about that because a lot of our listeners yeah. are artists and they might be interested in hearing some of that. Well, I think one of the really beautiful things about fiber arts and why I resonate with it so much is that it really kind of is an open playing field. Uh, it's it's whatever you want it to be. I had a professor early on who said, what is fiber arts? And we did this whole uh, map on the board trying to figure out what it was. And we ended up deciding that it was literally everything. Uh, it could be anything. It could be considered fibers. And that just kind of blew my mind and got me really excited about it. And so uh, I, I feel like even the found object stuff, like you can weave with you know, trash and stuff like that. You can, you can do whatever you want and it, it can be considered fibers. And so I just fell in love with sort of the I guess tactile nature of it it's always something physical uh, and of course in animation I get so tired of the the screens <laughs> so uh, right. that's you know why I gravitated towards stop motion as well because it's it's something physical and real that I can actually make and hold in my hand um, and there's something very I think homey about that in, in regards to the kind of like the mixed nature of what you've got going here you mm -hmm. say you can kind of combine really anything and you have combined a lot of different aspects here it looks like one cohesive piece but i'm sort of curious was it how planned out was this or, or was it are where you kind of like putting together individual pieces and then mixing yeah. them around because it looks it looks co very cohesive mm -hmm. but i mean i also kind of could see how it could all just sort of come together definitely i mean i had I knew I wanted to use felt and I knew I wanted to use crochet and all of these different elements, but I had a very basic watercolor sketch of something just so I could propose it for the box. Uh, but I really just made all of the forms individually and then attached them and composed them as I was going. 
Uh, so whatever sort of positive negative space relationships I'm getting here, we're just kind of in the moment. Um, but I made all of the like intestine and gut sort of looking forms just on their own and then piece them together later. And then wherever I felt there needed to be a pop of uh, reflection, I then added beading on top of that. So. Yeah, I thought it was interesting you're talking about the debate about what fiber arts is. We had um, artist Brittany Reedy on a couple of months ago, and we had about a half an hour discussion about what the nature of what is fiber arts, and we couldn't really define yeah. it either. And of course, I think part of the process of being in school is to sort of figuring things out. I wonder now, having done this sort of piece, and this is probably one of your first couple at least out yes. in the public yes, here definitely. first sort of show pieces that you're showing out in the world does do you are you feeling impacted by this at all because you're talking about doing stop motion but this is a static piece here that yes. people are engaging with yeah. has this do you feel like well a like what's been the response and then also b like how do you think that it might be influencing you as an artist maybe going forward well i think that definitely i like taking a step back from always looking at the bigger picture of a film that you're working on mm -hmm. uh, and an environment that you're creating for the film and and sort of creating fine art that has its own movement to it, has its own motion to it. I feel like uh, animation has really helped me with that. I, I can see the kinesthetic qualities of still images much more now uh, than before, but I, I think that the response, I have really liked the response. People have been excited about it, weirded out by it. I get the question, why? Why did you do this? <laughs> A lot. Um, and it's just, that's what I want. I want people to look at it and wonder why the heck some person made this, first of all. Um, but, but think about, I, I want people to see it uh, in this entirely different setting uh, and, and think about it as sort of a stepping off point for art and for fiber art. I, I think that it's, you know, it's important for people to see it not only as textiles and clothing, but as fine art and as this installation, um, site-specific installation, you know, it can it can be so much, and so I wanted to sort of push that a little bit for for people seeing it. Uh, this is one of the times, one of the first times that I've I've ever shown publicly, uh, ever, with fine art. I'm I'm normally just working on little assets for films, you know. So I don't know. It's been scary because I haven't shown in so long. I, I did fine art early on growing up. Um, just through elementary school and high school, but it's mm -hmm. it's been a long time since I've shown in any sort of gallery format, and the first time I've ever done an installation, so I had no idea what the response would be. But um, I'm happy. I, I want I want there to be some some contradiction, some conflict with it. I want people to feel weird about <laughs> walking by it. You know, like I want I want some a little bit of discomfort, just a bit, just to get people thinking. <laughs> The piece is called Insides by Zoe Huddleston. It is at the drive through Art Box here at Green Truck. Zoe, thank you so much for being on Art on the Air Field Notes today. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air. <laughs>